2015 is a new year, so don't look old. Get a new look, a new you at Vamoose. Salon. Kegelure at Vermouth Salon specializes in making a basic look bang. Located at 703 3rd Avenue North Birmingham or call 205-234-2743 and ask for Kegelure. Tell her the Empress sent you. Even though the Empire was born out of my personal experience and endeavors, the Empress welcomes everyone into the Empire. If you would like to be a guest, a co-host, or simply want to suggest a topic to be discussed, contact me by email at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. I'm here. I'm you. Hello. Are in love. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Empress. It's Thursday, January the 7th, 2015. And I have to say that really slow because I can't get it. I just cannot keep up. It's moving as fast as it got here. It seems like we just got started and we're already into the first full week of January. And of course, this month, we are celebrating love. We try to get it together before February gets here because, you know, officially February is the month of love, the month of engagement, the month where people get flowers. And I'll be looking stupid because I can't get it right. I don't know what the deal is. You know, love is a complicated thing for some, and for some it seems to be just as easy as breathing. Um, Me, myself, I think that people just put it all together just when they have any type of emotional feeling. It doesn't have to be specifically for uh, someone um, extra special. It is driven by something that I'm not sure is actually love sometimes. And in some of my little studies that I've done, I think that people say they love too easily. I mean, they say, you know, I love this and I love that, or I love this person. Oh, I think I've fallen in love. And they can't even tell me how or why. They can't even describe to me anything other than they have this uh, move of something. And it seems like uh, if you're able to say or articulate that you're in it, why can't you tell me what it actually is? We are going to have a special guest on tonight with regard to uh, love. Love, are you there? Oh, okay. What you need? Oh, my God. He is already on the phone and not on mute. I am going to stab David Riddick. Uh, If he falls to his death, uh, you will know it is because the empress can hear him having chit-chat conversations that are not approved by the empire. Now, before we go any further, I'm going to go ahead and put a disclaimer out there. And I said I was going to do this as a part of an introduction. I think I'm going to try to do a short snippet of that because I think some people may feel a little bit put off sometimes when it comes to the show. I don't want you to feel like you have to say something. I would just like for you to please let me know that you can hear me and that um, – because I can sometimes hear you when maybe it's not being broadcast live, but I am absolutely sure that everybody tonight would have uh, a chance to express themselves with regard to the topic. Now, tonight we're going to talk about arrows, and I think I have my co-host for tonight on the line. David Reddick, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And that wasn't me earlier. 
I think I chose that rose, huh? It's, yes, you did. You absolutely did. The, I mean, it's almost the eroticism of the word, you know. Just the word Eros is like a Zane novel, which I don't read, by the way. I mean, I might have stumbled across one or two, but, (laughs) but, you know, Eros is is where we get the word erotic. It's where we get the, the, you know, the butterfly effect. And it's it's also, you got to go into your Greek, um, your Greek and everything. See, Eros was like the fourth god. You know, he's the son of the god of war, and he's the son of Uh Aphrodite. In the Greek, you know, uh-huh. um, his father was Ares, the god of war, and his mother was Aphrodite. And I mean, it's just the reason a lot of people don't want to talk about it is because it can create that that inner fight, that that you know, that basically that war. But that's part of what Eros is. It's the eroticism. It's, it's going to piss some people off, and it's going to make okay. some people feel <laughs> what, what do you mean? Okay, at first I didn't know. I tried to not do too much studying because I wanted to learn from others, and then after the show go back and see if I can find some of the details of what people are talking about, particularly with uh, the Greek god. Uh, when you look up the word eros or type of love, eros does come up, and it's always used in comparison to other types of love, but it specifically said that it was derived from the Greek, uh, and it derived, the, the, the word erotic arrived in English from it, and that it's related to Cupid. Now, is mm-hmm. Cupid figuratively, like, because see, when I think of Cupid, I think of girlfriend, boyfriend, love, I think of shot mm-hmm. in the heart, you know, someone mm-hmm. captured your whole, you know, that kind of thing. But when I hear the word erotic, those types of thoughts don't come to my mind. When I hear erotic, I think, I don't think too much about war, but I think snakes and I think sex and I think leather. I think of things that are not really cute or cupidy. Is that the right. same type of love? Well, actually, Cupid is the Roman word for uh, for Eros. Eros is the Greek, uh-huh. and the Romans call him Cupid. It's the same person. And and okay. the arrow is, is a golden bow, bow and a silver arrow. Just um, hold on one second. Okay, and since we're on a live show, instead of holding on one second, what we'll do is I'm going to go ahead and open up the um, lines. I, and I'm I just apologize saying about that. I, my brother didn't know no, I was on, I, on the show. He just walked in on me. <laughs> that's okay. Ask your brother yeah. if he know about this arrow. So if he don't, tell me to get on the other phone and we can have a family session about this. But everybody can learn about this whole sexual thing. Because I thought that it was totally... When you see, you know, the two words looking so closely together, I thought that it totally meant um, anything other than romantic love, but the definition actually says romantic sexual love, mm-hmm. and it has to do with the feeling of pilia, P-H-I-L-I-A. Do you want to kind of talk about how, because tell the truth, you, you've ne- have you ever told anybody that you Eros loved them, or did you just say, I love you? And this is the type of love that you meant. What do you mean? Like, have I ever said I love you? Of course I've said I love you to people. Exactly. But do you say love in the context of this particular defining 
type of love because this love is really, let me just read this definition. It says that Eros love is a sensual love between, and this is just a, a, a Merriman's definition, and I have a couple other definitions. Uh, Eros love is a physical, sensual love between a husband and wife. It's a creation of satisfaction through marriage, and it's noted that in order for this type of love to be fulfilled wisely, it is done through marriage. Now, it says it's also associated with the libido. It's a sexual type of love, and it's different from just passion. It is not an impure love. It is not an evil desire type of love, and it is directly not related to any love outside of a husband and wife. It actually excludes homosexual love, well, not love, but homosexuality, bestiality, fornication, and adultery. When you look in the Bible, actually, there are some um, definitions that are ha- uh, scriptural references about love that are in direct opposite of what we socially think about when we say erotic or the eros type of love. So when I say, have you ever said, I love you in this particular definition, were you mm-hmm. trying to convey this type of love? Like I want to have yeah. erotic love. Absolutely. Because it's it's just like the word woman in the Bible. When 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 it says okay. woman, because we we you know we derive most of what we think from the Bible, you know, and okay. and most you know I, I live in Alabama and what I and I meet a lot of people that I call Alabama smart. That means um, whatever they believe, you know, it could be absolutely absolutely wrong, but in their mind it's absolutely right because either their parents or their pastor told them it was, so uh-huh. they don't need any other justification. You know, some people okay. still think the earth is flat with Alabama smarts. But um, what it is is just like woman. Is 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 it a married woman? Is it a, a widow? Is it a girl who's never been married before? All those are different words. And if you go back into the original Greek, it's a different word for each one. We just group it all together as one. But, you know, eros is the love a man has for a woman. It's not the okay. love that a child has for a mother. It's not the okay. love that God has for his subjects. It's 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 the whole thing. It's the lust is part of it. And uh, the, the lust is erotic, part of it. Okay. And the eroticism is that you know the definition you read. I don't know if I 100 percent agree with it because there is a certain amount of eroticism. Why would you want to? Spend your life with a person you're not sexually attracted to, you know. Why well, would you I, want to I didn't say it. I didn't say that it didn't say that you would be not sexually attracted to, but it said that it's directly related to the sexual fulfillment between two people who are male mm-hmm. and female. And I think that erotic. When you when I mean, I'm, I'm just asking because I don't I don't want to define it. I, I just want to express how. When I hear the word erotic, it is like an out-of-the-box type of a loving. It is not, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that even in the Bible Belt, like you were explaining, even in Alabamians, I don't think that the word erotic has a, uh, a an association that even goes toward husband and wife. I think when people hear erotic, they think something outside of the box to start with, even though the definition of it 
is actually defined with a marriage undertone, with a uh, libido undertone. Mm-hmm. Of course, when I hear erotic, I think I just think of lingerie. I think of sex between more than likely people who are not in the bed. You know, it, it, it's like something extra, and it's not just a typical typical type of love of, of love expression. Even though it's obviously sexual, now it's not addressed. Sex period is just not addressed in the church, from my experience. I don't know well, if that's we're, a we're experience taught, for you. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we we're almost taught to, and that's why it goes back to, that's why um, Eros' father was Ares, the god of war, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a fight. And then his mother was um, Aphrodite. You know, she's represented by a rose. It's that, mm-hmm. it's that. It's a fight between itself. It's 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 almost it's supposed to be beautiful like a rose, but it's a fight too. Right. And so we we can't accept certain parts of it. If you believe it's supposed to be rosy colored, then you're gonna have a hard time with the with that part of it. And that kinda creates the war that the name even carries. You know. Um okay. it's the choice okay. of his parents. So it's it's going to okay. be that internal battle, and when we hear erotic, we're taught that that's a bad thing, but that's part of the war. Whenever we go into a war with another country, we're taught that everybody we're fighting is heathens, and they need to be taught a lesson, and we're the righteous people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's part of what eroticism is. It's you know we're taught that oh that's a bad thing. You're not supposed to be talking about eroticism. You know we think that eroticism uh-huh. is a Zane novel, but it can uh-huh. be. As simple as you know, you like to see your wife put on that 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 nurse's uniform every now and again with the feather duster and, and come up in the room. You know that's erotic. I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down. Okay, so when you talk about eroticism or eros, you talk about you have to include sex drive, which is just basically one's libido. It's the biological drive. That ha- that's hormonally created. It's not something in your head, not literally in your head, but it is a hormonally driven uh, condition. It is also uh, affected by stress. It's affected by illness. It's even been proven to be affected by bright light, prolonged loudness, too much sound, too little sound. Um, why is it that people try to uh, disassociate, and, and I understand what you're saying about the war. If it's such a natural thing, what other words do we use in lieu of, say, eroticism then? Well, I mean, because I, I know some people who act like they just, like sex is just not a part of their human being, that it's mm-hmm. not a natural part of who they are, and, yeah, they got a house full of children, but it's like right. it's not even a ple- it's not some it's like it's wrong if it's a pleasurable event. And I mm-hmm. I'm like you. How in the world are you expecting that you're going to in one tone preach to me, whether it's through a pulpit or by an example of yourself, that I'm gonna be with this person for the rest of my life, but you don't even seem drawn to that person. What what are we substituting for that? Well, what what are we what it's a train of thought that eros develops. It develops into your philia and it develops into your storge. 
you know, is saying that it becomes that just affection and friendship. They be, you know, they believe that after you're not sexually attracted to each other, then it becomes a friendship. And and then once you have kids, you know, the mother will always have that love for her kids. But there's actually scientific study that shows that um, when you first meet that person, that person of your dream or whatever, your brain releases endorphins that's much like heroin. It's a drug that is released into your brain. And this lasts, on average, 18 to 24 months. And basically, uh-huh. while this chemical is, is flowing out of your brain to make you just, it's Mother Nature just making an ass out of everybody because while this chemical is flowing through your brain, you don't realize their farts stink. You don't realize they got a booger in their nose. You don't, you don't see any of that. All you see is that right. this person is the sexiest thing in the world to you. And and she mm-hmm. does it to you just long enough. Cupid, I mean, Cupid should have been a girl. She does it to you just long enough for you to go and make a couple babies. Once you get that first child, it takes nine months to make a baby. You know, once you get that first child out of you, she don't care mm-hmm. if you like them anymore. You know, it's, it's how we yeah. reproduce in this world. That endorphins, it cuts out after 18 to 20 months, 24 months, and then they say it develops into philia or storge. But, uh-huh. and I might be butchering the word storge because I only read it. I, I never actually heard it. I only seen well, you know, it. I've, I've never heard I've never heard it either, and I still don't have anyone to tackle those two for me. That and pra- pragma is another. There, there are some books that say that there are four love languages, and then there are some that say there are as many as seven. And for mm-hmm. the purpose of this month, I've been able to get. I think it's. I think we got five, four or five for this month. But this this particular type to me is almost. In my opinion, and I may be wrong because I haven't studied them all, do you think that Eros is the more un um, is the more more t- uh, often type of love that does not actually need to be like uh, taken care of? It's almost like a happening. It's like it's, it just happens. It's like I, I understand that in order for it to grow or get better, you have to you know pay attention to it. But just like you just said in your example. When you meet somebody and you have this chemistry thing that happens, you don't trigger it yourself. It happens, and then mm-hmm. if you're aware of it, you start to act on it. And, of course, I think that it could probably turn into some other things. Like you can fall in love with the with the idea of something, and then the more you expose yourself to anything, it becomes like a practice, and, and I'm doing it for that sake. But when we're talking about chemical changes in the body, the same Types of changes that happen with this phenomenon happens with um, a fight or flight. Your mm-hmm. uh, when you're so afraid or you're so startled, your body almost fills itself up with the ability to do some superhuman things if your mind can connect to it. There, there have right. been uh, happenings around the world where people, uh, and I think that's where some love songs even come from, like. Uh, I, I'm not. I didn't write this one down, but it just came to mind. Where a parent's child was either hit by a car, run over by a car, something like that, and he literally lifted up a car. Like this was not an extra muscular person, but the the adrenaline and the will to just move and act made it possible. Where that same type of phenomenon happens emotionally, and it can drive you to 
to move past just the thoughts of attraction into this love phase. Do you agree or, or disagree? I I agree, and and here's here's the thing. There there are. Have you ever heard a song or ate a a meal that just takes you back to you think you're 12 years old again? I mean, it just takes you back to mm-hmm. that point in your life. Our our mm-hmm. our sensory perception actually connects it. It's how we remember things, but when it goes back to that, when you hear that song or you taste that flavor and it takes you back to that time of your life, it's because that's where that's stored at in the brain. And when it takes you there, those memory receptors actually takes you back to that whole thing, that whole, because our brain follows, our brains are like little rivers. And and uh-huh. when you're looking for an impulse, a, a direction, it takes us back down that river to that ocean of memories that, that we're trying to achieve once we get there. But when you go down that river, those trees are still uh-huh. going to be on the side of the river and everything else. So our brains uh-huh. kind of do the same thing. That's why I don't think arrows is something that runs out. I think the, I think uh-huh. the problem is we quit doing, You don't. you're not doing what it took to get her. So that's why you can be married for 20 years and, and, and he comes home and, you know, you come home and your husband or your man undid something that he ain't done in a long time. And it's like you guys just met again. You got that spark. All of a sudden, you know, how, how do I say this without being managed? All of a sudden, your nipples are hard again and you're ready for him. I mean, right. you got to connect to those perceptions. And see, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that women, just like you said, Cupid should have been a female. I think Cupid was a girl. I think that little uh, arrow thing was used to be a skirt, and they just decided to go ahead and make it a boy because it was the more powerful one. But we all know that women have that uncanny ability to kind of get into, I don't get in your head kind of thing that turns the man back over to the beast. I mean, he could be crazy out of his mind and doing all this foolishness, and all you got to do is put on them boy shorts and that white beater yeah, and go yeah, wash yeah. the dishes. And, right, know. and he is totally forgotten what it is. And the thing is, is I think that today this is supposed this has become an art form, this whole arrows type of intuition. It, I don't think it should be actually, the way that this example now, it's not in any way, shape, or form loving. Because I think love, love, me just personally, I think love is, is an exchange. It's a gift. It's something that you're giving, and it has nothing to do about, I'm going to do this, and he's going to do this back. This That's not love to me. That that's I don't even know what that's just an exchange of some sort. But when someone knows their capabilities, and I see it happening all the time in social media, in the news with these celebrities, you can obviously see it. I think one of the most um, obvious ones was the chick. I can't now. I'm having a mental block. She she married this guy that was just so not even a match. Like, I, I hate to say that they didn't match, but like, I'm really pulling, like, for instance, Kanye West and his uh, wife, Kim Kardashian, I think the high profileness of their lives match, so it'll probably kind of work, 
but even just being a celebrity isn't enough for some. And this particular guy just recently uh, got a divorce from his wife. He actually had his hair pink for a minute or purple or something. He had this bad body white chick that was that's beautiful, but it was so obvious that she was using her womanly wiles to get this man. She's done everything under the sun to get him done sex takes, taking pictures, twerking on social media and all of this extra stuff because it fits whatever his lifestyle or his idea of what love looks like on the outside. She was doing all of that, but it it was so obviously empty behind it. It was like I don't think tell or you can even smell any type of like she really liked this dude. She was doing it just because, and I, I was pulling for them, but eventually she got the baby after they dropped that one baby or two and a half, like, uh, you know, they're gone. And it's so, like, if it was there, like other types of love, do you – I hear you saying that arrows doesn't go away, but does arrow, can arrows keep you there? Can arrows keep you with a person? I think, I think where we fail arrows – I don't think arrows fails us. I think we fail arrows because mm. some people are so guarded that they would never allow love to come into their life. They feel like if Uh I allow this person to touch that part of my heart, then this person has the ability Uh to hurt me. But the problem is you're looking for, you know, your awards externally. The awards of, of, of loving somebody is you get to feel that good. You know, I've never seen a, I've never seen a heroin addict that wants to shoot up uh-huh. because they want the person next to them to see how high they get. You know, they, <laughs> they shoot right. up because they want to get high. High, right, we, right, right. We won't fall in love. We won't give our hearts because we're, we're, we feel like this person won't be able to receive it or anything. The problem is uh-huh. this. Instead of worrying about is this person going to be able to receive and accept this love, you know, uh-huh. You allow yourself to wait. Let me. If you allow yourself to experience that experience and understand that, okay, maybe this person won't be able to receive what I have to offer. Maybe they can't handle all this love. Maybe they can only handle it for so long. You still got the blessing to have. It's better to have love and loss than to have never loved at all. See, I knew you was gonna say that. And see, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, I don't like that thing. I don't, you cannot, you cannot miss, and I've mm-hmm. posted it before because it just is a cute saying, but I would rather have never known something that powerful if it's going to leave me. I, I'm, I don't want, like, I don't get it. I, I, and I'm not trying to be ugly or mean because people know that right. I say exactly what I feel on this show with regard to my personal relationships, and I was married for 10 years, and I know that I didn't have the right type of love. I had almost a uh, pitiful love. Like I felt sorry for that person rather than truly loving the person that they Uh were, and, and he did not deserve that. He did not deserve pity because what it does is it cripples that person into trying to, um, like fulfill something outside of themselves 
but the one thing that I do that I thought you was about to say is that you cannot experience any type of love if you don't have love for yourself. Since we're talking about Eros love and Eros is about sex and Eros is about libido, I I mean, I want to take a little short break because I need to get my mind together about how I'm going to say this because I think that it is true. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm not one to push what I feel onto other people per se. I just want mm-hmm. you to know how I feel about a certain thing. And I think that for people not to know their own sexual uh, place by themselves, yes, I'm talking about masturbation. How can you ask somebody else to do something for you that you don't know how to do for yourself? We said for a lot of things but for this particular topic. I don't know. One second. We'll be right back. The first impression is a lasting impression, so what you look like does matter. Start the year off with a new look, a change, a beginning for 2015. Portia at Soho's Beauty Salon specializes in silk press and full head extensions. She's located at 231 State Farm Parkway, Homewood, Alabama, or you can call for an appointment at 205-807-1736. Tell her the Empress Everything begins with an honest, open conversation. The empire is exactly that place, and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 Central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. Mm-hmm. We talk about, ooh, we almost talk about sex. Ain't we kind of talking about sex tonight? It kind of feels like sex. Is it sex? Yeah, it's sex. <laughs> it's always about sexy things, and, you know, sex is just natural. I think sex is really just life, and it's not a bad thing. We're talking about Arrow's love tonight, and we're talking with Mr. David Reddick. have another phone caller on the line. Now, just before we want to go any further, I want to open up that line, see if there's anything that would like to be added to the conversation uh, last four digits of your phone number is 4175. Are you there and can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Have you anything to add to the conversation so far? Did you know about Eros Love and how it is defined? Um, yes, I know a little bit about it. So You know a little but, bit. You know, I I've been I've been listening since uh, 8 and, and you know, I was listening to y'all, but like you said, the thing is, people don't understand. It takes all four, all four types, or all four, whatever you want to call it, parts of that love mm-hmm. to 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 enter a relationship. Because, like he said, mm-hmm. you have you know you have your agape, which we all which we all know from going to church. Then you have your eros. Eros really, it could be a good or bad thing. Because, like he said, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not you know if you're not sexually aroused by that person, it it can become a sinful thing because then you want, once you're out and about, once you see something that you are, you know, you kind of are sexually drawn to, you know, you're starting to lust for that. So that's that's when it becomes that that bad part. 
But like you, you know, the, and like you said, feel you. You know, that's the love of philosophy. You know, it, it's everything you love about a person. Like you were saying, do when you say I love you, do you explain it? You know, do you say mm-hmm. why do I love you? You know, do you know why? So I mean, mm-hmm. it, it takes all to enter a relationship. But I mean, just to mess around. I mean, and mm-hmm. yes, you know, the thing is, a lot of folks get, get it twisted. That's why when we say. You love a person for the wrong reasons, you know, it's because of lust. It's the eros. You know, you're sexually drawn to it, and before you, you before you learn about that person and see if you sexually, you know, you, you love the other parts about them, you go ahead and jump in the, in the sack, and now here you go, you have a situation that you can't control. You got yourself into something, now, something you can get out of. Now, I'm going to tell you about this whole sex thing. Because I, okay, let me just give a little background about the imp because I'm a grown woman now and I still have, and some people <laughs> will probably laugh, I still have some issue with people who act or speak or even push forward the idea that they're like asexual, okay? And it's not that I want you to be a pervert. I don't need you to everything that you're doing. I, I'm not asking for that. I just need for you to understand that I am human too. I understand too. And the grouping of societies that we function in or not does not dictate our humanity to be lesser or it should not, I don't think. Now, I think there's an appropriate place and time for everything. I also right. think that to ignore that is to somehow cheat yourself out of the fullness of love period and i and i, I said this even in in um thinking about putting this sh- these shows together i think that it is no mistake for people to uh who who say that they're christian or who say that they believe in god or any other higher being to say in one breath that god is love and then they only want to have love in certain instances, in certain situations. I'm not saying, and we are saying in this series that all love is not love, but God is, so he's in some of all of that, okay? I need for that to be understood. So, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that people who, and especially the church folks, and I'm not against church folks because I'm from that. I'm from that group of people. I was raised in the church. I was raised very strictly in the church. I was very much removed from a lot of anything that was not built around church and church people, and particularly in my experience, church family. If it didn't relate to some of that stuff, we just didn't do it, and it wasn't that it was wrong. They had no backing or they had no way of understanding because they had never participated in those things themselves, so they would not expose us to things that they didn't have some kind of mental uh, caging around, and that's how I kind of thought about it. So as a young woman growing into womanhood, I think that I'm probably about 10 years behind. I'm 41 years in age, but in my mind and in my experience and understanding about love and relationships and those sorts of things, it's taken me probably the last 15 uh, 15, 20 years to get it really around what I know for sure myself. And uh-huh. you don't have to whore around to do that, and you don't have to have that type of experience. But why is it, and David, if you're still there, I want you to join with my guest here. 
when, when we talk about eros, we're always talking about sex in some way, shape, or form. In some of the definitions, even in the basic Merriman's Dictionary, it included hedonism, which is still a pleasure maximizing experience. Now, even socially, hedonism, H E D, and a lot of people. When I say hedonism, I'm, I'm not talking about the trip. Yeah, I think I'm suffering from that. Listen, the first time I ever listen, this is no lie. The first time I ever heard about hedonism, I was asked to go to hedonism, and I was like, "What is hedonism? What do you mean? What is that?" And I know it sounded like it was something that I should not participate in. When I looked it up, this was a actual a trip. This was a trip for couples to go swinging. On, they took a cruise, and then they took a, a plane flight over to this island, and it was basically a, a, a unrestrained sexual passion party, and it was just do whatever you want to do or not. That's just what it was. But because I was so green, here I am. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I do it. When I found out what that was, I was almost put off because, you know, first of all, it let me know for sure that they must have felt like I was going to participate in something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, while you, right. you wouldn't ask somebody that you know for sure is not going to, but I'm just this way. Once I understand some things about myself, why would I deny myself those things if they're good for me holistically? And then if this is something that someone else can give to me in a relationship, absolutely I'm going to ask you, like, why? Why am I supposed to be able to do – how can I ask you for something that you can't do for me? So what I'm saying is this. What, what, why is there such a disparagement between – I don't think that men have this issue – that men and women feel like there should be um, restraints with regard to sexual passion and experience and um, fulfillment? David, let's start with you. Yeah, let me get on that. And um, at, you know, after we get off the phone, you gotta give me that website. But um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but there's something called um, sexual transmutation. And that's not a that's uh-huh. not an STD. It's a good thing. Sexual transmutation. Uh-huh. <laughs> sexual transmutation is basically that same drive that makes a person go from rags to riches that takes a person from from living in the projects to being the owner and and, and operator of uh, the biggest uh-huh. Xerox corporation in the world or something like that 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 uh-huh. same desire the same desire uh-huh. is sex it's the same uh-huh. chemical in the brain it's the same everything so so when uh-huh. we understand sex Sex is part of what it takes to be successful. Sex leads to success uh-huh. if you understand it and, and if you can use it right. I, I encourage anybody to get the book by Napoleon Hill called Outwitting the Devil. Where uh-huh. we fall short is when we don't when we don't control sex, but sex controls us. When we get right. into a point in our life where the sex controls what we do. Sex should be used. If you're in sales, I sell cars, and selling the cars like having sex, you got to make them want uh-huh. that thing. I mean, these people uh-huh. and 
you know, somebody come on the car lot, they want to spend two hundred dollars a month, and you know, and they want a Mercedes Benz for two hundred a month. They don't understand the way the money works. When they realize right. that that is going to be more than two hundred a month with with zero down, <laughs> you right. got to make them want it more than they want the money they're going to have. But when you right. overuse it, like you talked about masturbation, I, I mm-hmm. don't even think that's wrong. But when you overdo it. When when you can't even stay out too long because you need to get back to your laptop, that's when you, that's when it draws the energy out of you. It draws that 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 vibrancy out of your out of your countenance. Your countenance begins to get destroyed mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you overuse sex, it draws your energy out, and then you can't do anything. It's like being a weed head. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go out. You you don't have that desire to leave the house anymore. It takes your desire. It takes right. your emotion. It takes your want to do away from you. So when we understand sex and sex desire and sex transmutation, we understand that everything mm-hmm. is sex. And when you understand that everything is sex and success is sex, some people develop mm-hmm. so far on the other side, though, just like just like you're in the people that uh, – all you want to do is sit at home on your laptop. That's bad. Mm-hmm. You're over. You're over mm-hmm. sex. But you get those right. asexual people who don't even want to taste a taste of the goodie. They don't even want any nookie. But they're so far. They're fo- so far stuck on the other side to where they they right. they give up their sexual part because they're trying to be successful and they lose sex and and and, and you're still not happy. And then you got those right. other people who. Are asexual and they and they get a uh you know they on food stamps and living in the projects and they still asexual. Those are people just with no drive whatsoever. I don't know what the hell is wrong with them people. I didn't think that it was a part of a of a of a equation to have healthy sex and um being successful. But when you look at it, the more, and, and this is just what I've noticed, and I've heard men say this, I've seen men post this, I've, we've seen life example this, the more successful a man is, the wider mm-hmm. his range of sexual capabilities seems to be, and nothing can have changed in that man literally except for his attitude towards, you know, himself and to women, and women are the same way. There are some women, and one of my friends, uh, one of my classmates posted a video of, you know, Worldstar has this new thing called just uh, uh, questions, and they're going around the cities looking for the finest women that they can find, all of the stiletto heel wearing, big booty, big titty, you know, pretty skin, hair all down their back, you know, just the typified Mm -hmm. beautiful person that, couldn't spell their name clearly, but they looked the part and they knew well within themselves how important their sexual uh, uh, prowess is. They know that it's important. They know that it's powerful, and they want to be able to use that in a way. Now, for some reason, men um, don't really get hassle or haggle for having that type of attitude but. For women, it seems like, you know, if you do it too too much, then you put out a persona that you're easy because I've, I've been a victim of that. I am a good girl, and I don't know why 
people want me to feel like I need to apologize for having a strong sexual understanding of myself. Last, I think it was Sunday, we had a show. I forgot who told me, but uh, Michael Teague, one of my um, other co-hosts on some of the shows, and he may be calling on calling in a little bit. He said that once you have a sure sexual identity that cannot be moved by anybody but your, you know, that you're uh, in, in possession of, mm-hmm. you can't really be stopped on anything. And one of the things that I knew for sure was that I had the ability to gain attention by some things that I had really, I didn't have no control over the size of my lips. I don't have any control over the size of my behind. I don't have control over some I've tried to control a lot of these things, but it's just something that I had to embrace because it's who I am. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I don't understand why that's a bad thing if I'm not abusing it, just like you said. If I were, that's all you knew was lips and booty. That's all you know is she got some big old lips. That's all you know about her. You never take any chance to get past the lips and the booty. Then, yeah, I can understand someone saying, those types of things, but when you when you're more than that, and you have more than that to offer. I think you can have whatever you want in this world. Um, Forty one seventy five. What do you have to say? And I'll give you the site too if you want it. Are you there? Four one seven five. Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. I'm so listening. You- I was caught up in thought when y'all was talking. So. <laughs> transmuted or or uh-huh. applied in 
and, and focus in different areas. So I, I think the individual who said that, that uh, that arrow taken to an extreme can be applied and, and enable success in other areas, I agree, because I think it's a matter of, of focusing one's passion, you see, into whatever area of of success or desire that one does. So, yeah. And then, incidentally, what, what I what I talked about on Sunday's show for women was being in full possession of one's sexuality and be, being in full uh, possession of one's sexual and relational destiny. That's what I was talking about here tonight. Mm-hmm. So, we, and, and I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe back into this hedonism because I'm going to tell you, when you, all right. okay, first of all, <laughs> we all, as a community and as a society, we can make some of the purest things just plain evil. We can Ratchet. we can demonize. <laughs> we can. We do. We make some things absolutely ratchet. And, you know, there's always an exception to every rule, there's always going to be someone who wants to take it too far. Um, I think I even said this on the last show. My dad said anything that anybody thought about, someone's already did and went way past it. So there's nothing brand new under the sun is what he used to say. And I don't think, I mean, something brand new. That's how we all got here. That's how we all bring other people into this, you know, situation or, or whatever. But the thing about it is sex is pleasurable. It's related to love, and um, I think that hedonism in and of its definition, which is unrestrained sexual passion, is also defined as the maximizing pleasure, the most intrinsic good or desire. Now, it has recently, and I will say, most recently, I would say, I don't know. I can't even tell you because, you know, I'm I'm kind of, I'm not really green. I think that I'm just uh, at a point where some things I just don't want to admit that I know, you know, I've seen that. Like, I'm not excited by certain things because it's just what it is because love and sex to me separated from each other is just biology and I'm a nurse. Like, it doesn't bother me to see a penis that hangs past your knee. That's not a big deal to me. Like, that means nothing. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't. Right, that's just you know, clinical. Like, that's clinical to you, right? It's, right. It's clinical. Just like there are male physicians who see women all day long. They're in their thighs all day long. And, sure, there are beautiful women. There are gorgeous women. There are single women. There are married it is just what the job is because it's separated from the emotional part of that. Now, when you take this sexual drive and you add it to emotion, I think it's how you get the eros love. It's a sensual passion and desire. And I think we kind of added eros and passion together. What exactly, David, what exactly is passion? Like what is it or, or can you separate eroticism from passion or is it one and the same? It, I mean passion is it it's it's part of it. Eroticism, passion see we, we have we have bastardized the word eroticism to mean this you know fucking uh-huh. I guess it's the PC word to say it. But eroticism uh-huh. is basically whatever drives that blood pressure, whatever gets your heart pumping hard, what gets you 
excited, you know. So exactly. is part of it, you know. If you look in, and I was going to say this too, look at those women who, well, I look back at the women I knew in high school that was like, I used to call her the community welcome, welcoming committee. You know, you you move to the community, she'll welcome, she's the welcoming committee. But you look at those same women, when they get into the corporate world, they they become, they they lose that, that sexual screw everybody kind of thing, and they become the CEO of the corporation. They become the president. They be, they begin to run the company because they had that, that sexual, that, that eroticism to them that they were able to transmute into something productive. But you can take that same woman who had that, that you know, that same kind of sex drive, and you you introduce it to, let's say, drugs. You become the biggest crackhead in the neighborhood. You know they kind of get all the way. So eroticism is passion. Passion is eroticism. If you're a passionate person, you're going to express that. You're going to be, you know, you're either going to go real high or fall real far with it. So, so you're saying that you're, you should separate. So you're saying you should kind of separate them out? No, I'm saying you should of, develop into something. Okay, you know, because I, I think it's interesting I was, that I, I, I can hear a lot of background. I'm sorry, Michael, I can hear a lot of background on your phone, so I'm having to put you on um, mute. Um, but Michael had actually explained, express some of this similarity with him and his drive to uh, get more serious with regard to his uh, social broadcasting because he, too, is a radio personality. He has a great uh, uh, new start and future plans of his show. Michael, can you share a little bit of that with us? Because I think this speaks directly to what David is saying. He he was saying that you know the tr- the sexual transmutation. I think is what you said it's called. Um, being able to switch gears from it being just a sexual agenda and being able to use those same types of drive into a purposed um, move for for success. Exactly. And uh, Empress, let me just apologize for that feedback. I actually muted the line briefly. And once I, once I make my comment, I'll mute the line again until you call me back on asking another question. You know, uh, and I'll, I'll make it succinct. At the end of last year, which seems like such a long time ago, although it was just a few days ago, I actually had to ask myself mm-hmm. the question, what, what has been the factors pertaining to my businesses not monetizing as I have wanted them to? And there were three things, the last of which I think is applicable to what we're talking about. The first was having bad partners. And any time you have a partner that you have to carry, if you will, whether it's a relationship, romantic relationship, business relationship, et cetera, you don't need, you don't need that partner. Secondly, I had, I had too many business projects going on simultaneously, and in so doing, I was violating one of the first laws of success, which is to focus on one thing, make that successful, and use that to parlay, if you will, into other things. But the third thing, which is germane to our topic, is that I was involved in romantic relationships. Not that they were distractions, but, David, as you said, it's a matter of divided energy. My my energy, my passion was divided between business projects, work, parenting, and these romantic relationships. And so I had to, and, David, you said this so well, 
transmute the sexual energy, i.e. passion, eroticism, and, and focus that solely on business. And already I'm seeing the difference in my business life. So, so energy is energy. It, it is neither created nor destroyed, but it can be directed. And sexual energy is just another type of energy that can be directed sexually or non-sexually. It's just energy. So exactly. I know, so so are you saying because I just so happen <laughs> just so happen <laughs> I feel I feel like I feel like that I have changed gears to not necessarily on purpose like I would really love a pipe layer. I mean I really would absolutely I think that I would probably be able to do greater shows, have more if you have if I have somebody to bend my back sometimes, you know, because I'm going to tell you this. There is right. no, you need it, though. That's part of the equation. You can't go all the way to one side or the other. Go ahead, get it. Exactly. And, and for, uh, let me just say this very, very briefly, and, and I appreciate me being uh-huh. a falling guest. Listen, now, I didn't say I was celibate now. I didn't. I never said I was celibate now. I just said I know. I, I know this. <laughs> and listen, I know. But you know, listen, yeah. but see, don't mean okay. Let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you the difference between me and with regard to this topic because I think too, women want to be uh, progressive. They want to be successful. Exactly. But what they have to do in order to mainstay being a woman and not being seen as a whore is to become this secret detective pipe finder. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have these, like I I used to make fun about dating guys, not sleeping with them, but I had guys who just, I just like, if I wanted to just have a good time and just laugh my behind off, I had that player. Then I had a quarterback. I had somebody who was just going to always listen to me whine and not call me bitchy and not say all of the stuff that I probably needed to hear, but that's what his role is. But as far as men, all of those types of things, it doesn't seem like y'all need that, and sometimes y'all just need somebody to come and wax you down. You get whacked down, and then you can cut that off. You don't have to talk to her no more. You don't have to say anything to her no more. Mm. Well, with women, it's very hard for us to do that. And what I think our preference as a majority is, is if we can get this Eros love connected to all of these other types of love, we can be Oprah. Like, you, Oprah ain't fooling me. Now, she might not be married. Oprah getting hers in. Yeah, I she getting hers in so hard, it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You ain't all the are way over there in Paris by like breaking her back. Somebody else is. Are you familiar Somebody with the three relationships? <laughs> um, no. Share that with us, please. Share that. People, people are you. Primitively, there's three types of relationships. There's three things you get out of every relationship. You get, mm-hmm. you get emotional support. You get mm-hmm. financial support, or you get sexual support, mm-hmm. and and you got people mm-hmm. who have. You may have three different relationship partners. You might have that one person that listen to you bitch and moan. You got that one person mm-hmm. that they know you coming up short, or you might be the mm-hmm. one with the cash, and you might have somebody that you know he'll come lay the pipe, but you might have mm-hmm. to help him out with a bill every now and again, you know. But there's mm-hmm. there's the three relationships that that you gotta have that most people have, so mm-hmm. you have that and 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 
us not understanding, we think everything is so erotic, and we, we misunderstood the word erotic to the point where we don't understand relationships, and we don't understand sex. See, if you understand sex, and like I say, if, if you guys haven't read it yet, get the book by Napoleon Hill called Outwitting the Devil. <clears throat> but if you understand sex, you'll understand that if you got somebody, I mean, if you're a woman and you got a dude that'll come tap that ass for you every now and again when you need it, it'll put that glow in your eyes. You ever seen a woman that ain't getting any, but she's a leader <laughs> in the company? She's she hard to do it. Yeah. She's hard to she do it. it. <laughs> but right. you get somebody to come and tap I, that ass for her every now and again, and she's the uh-huh. best boss in the world. And men need that too, you know. Exactly. I need you. I need you to slide through once in a while, and you know. You know, but see, this is the thing. Like, you can't. I just can't deal. The way I'm set up, the way my love is set up, is that you ain't finna slide through. That's gonna be no, a long. No, I'm not. I'm not saying slide, slide through. No, I'm not saying no, I'm slide saying, through. Like, but you got the type of I relationship where I need. I need mm-hmm. you to be multi talented. I don't need you to just. Cause see, that's my point. With with regard to sex period, that is not arrows for most women. It is just, that's just what, you know, we built to do that. That's why women feel okay trying to put y'all on these 90-day things. That's why women feel okay with saying, I'm going to at least get a good meal before he gets some of this cooking because they have equated it to be that's just what you want. Where I, Well, I am of the mindset that I know women, too, Want sex just mm-hmm. like men do. They need exactly. three parts of the relationship you, you got, just you gotta like understand the relationship dynamic. But you got to understand mm-hmm. the relationship dynamic. What is that person looking for? If you got somebody, mm-hmm. I mean, I think anytime you got two people, I think sex is one of them. And mm-hmm. if you got, and, and that's, you know, it used to be really easy back in the day when most men worked and most women take took care of the house. Because you knew what the man was doing. The man was bringing home the bread, and the woman was providing the emotional support, saying, baby, you can do it. Go out there and make that money. You know, she made that man feel good about going in that pipe shop every day and busting his ass and coming home looking like he just got drugged through quicksand. But that man felt good about it because that woman provided that support. She was taking care of the kids when he got home. The food was on the table. He felt appreciated, and he felt like he was being emotionally supported. At the same time, she felt good because the brother is bringing home the bread. That she needed the right. money, he needed the emotions. If we understand mm-hmm. that dynamic in a relationship, you know where you are. You know what you need in that relationship. And if we understand our relationship dynamic, then you're not frustrated because you got somebody that's trying to take care of your emotional needs by buying you a, by, by buying you some flowers or something when you just need a bitch and moan right now. You you when you understand your relationships dynamics. So I mm-hmm. think I'm not saying that you need one person for each thing. I'm saying in a great relationship, all three dynamics is covered, and two people can have a perfect relationship. I'm not saying that you need to cheat. <laughs> exactly. And and if I I agree with the call. If I, if I can jump in too, uh, Empress, mm-hmm. I I want to I want to. Again, you know my my perspective is speaking to women from a man's perspective. I, I want to encourage uh-huh. women to challenge this culture's notion that a man uh-huh. who has multiple sexual partners is a player. He's keeping it pimping. 
you know, he's a ladies' man, but a woman who may have multiple sexual partners because that's what she chooses as a whole. I think that's sexist. And I think uh-huh. that's directly driven by this society. Uh, I don't, I don't uh-huh. buy into the belief necessarily that men are wired one way and women are wired another way. I think it is just as much culture as it may be nature. So, uh-huh. so you know, ladies, if you're out there, if for you, you want more than one sexual partner because that's what satisfies you, then as long as you're clear about why you want it, then you should have it. And, uh-huh. and, and not to uh-huh. embrace the sexism in this society that I think is driven by men in order to perpetuate our, our what's the word, not ability, but our, that we appetite. can have those partners. Exactly. I mean, so but, you know, you know, and I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, but there, there's a Roman word, gravitas, is understanding the gravity of what you do. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. for women, every time a woman sleeps with a man, a part of that man's DNA is literally deposited into her body. Uh-huh. And what the Bible calls it soul ties. You ever, uh, and and you could probably relate to this. If you ever dated a guy for a while, and all of a sudden you start picking up some of his personalities, mm-hmm. you you, mm-hmm. you find yourself doing something this guy used to do that it might even bother you, and you like, why did I start doing that? It's called, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible calls it soul ties. Is is a is mm-hmm. a is, women are carriers of seed just by design. So you, I mean, I don't have a problem with. Women having sexual partners, but understand that you carry a part of that man's DNA when you sleep with a man. So understand that, you know, don't just jump in the bed with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Understand what you're getting in the bed with. I'm not Agreed. saying don't do it. Agree. And I think, I think too, because I'm definitely not on the call to debate. I mean, I'm actually guest on the call. I'll, I'll say a couple of things. Number one, I think what holds true for the, the woman holds true for the man because the woman's fluids are all over the man. Now, you know, we can say, what if a man uses a condom, then what is deposited into the woman? I mean, we can always have that conversation. But I think I think uh-huh. there is an exchange either way. And and I think uh-huh. I think I think there's there's not there's no such thing as a one way tie. I think it I think uh-huh. if there's a soul that if souls are tied, then both are tied to each other. So it, and you know that's that's more of a spiritual concept that can be neither proven or disproven. At the same time, uh-huh. what I still want to suggest to women who may be listening is we do live in a, we do live in a sexist society. We do live in a patriarchal society. We know that. And all I'm saying to women uh-huh. is to be in full possession of your sexuality, whatever uh-huh. it is that you choose. You see what I'm saying? And, and, uh-huh. and my philosophy yeah. is, and, and it may be atypical, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If it's so, uh-huh. And it begs the question. If it and let's just take religion out of it for just a moment. If it's okay for a man to have multiple sexual partners, whether he's honest with all of them or not, why is it not okay for a woman? Logically speaking, uh-huh. why is it not okay? You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And and if if uh-huh. if a if a woman will will receive a soul tie by having sex with a man, why won't a man receive a soul tie by having sex with a woman? Saying you know that uh-huh. said. All I'm saying, ladies, is be in full possession of your sexuality. Do not let society dictate what it is, and do not let another man dictate what it is. I ain't nobody going to say I don't disagree with it. I think it's a phenomenal point. 
you know. But and uh-huh. and as long as you do it with gravity, understanding uh-huh. that uh-huh. everything we do has consequences. Exactly. I mean, I agree. if you read back at those at those Bible guys, like Solomon had seven hundred and something wives. Right. But he was and crazy as hell when he died, and yes, so was David. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know what? I know a little bit of scripture. Were they were they crazy because of their sexual behavior, or were they crazy because they disobeyed God? I mean, I mean, you know, we could you know? we could turn this we could turn this into a biblical discussion. I'm kind of comfortable with that. You understand why why were they crazy? Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 the chronicles first second. And it wasn't because of us. Exactly. It was not because I I just happen to think is because with every woman, just like with every man, we're kind of all saying the same thing. Everybody comes with a different set of their own world. And when you intertwine, those two worlds do literally all the way down to the cellular level when you're talking about sex. I mean, it gets to where, and it just depends on how open you are. I think it is one of the reasons as to why some men will not kiss women during the act. I think it has to do with why some women feel like, I'll do this, but I'm not going to do that because that's just too exactly. close. Awesome. I saw, I saw a, a funny video about this girl who was with this guy. They had had relations several times. And he asked her to do something orally. And mm-hmm. she said, oh, no, that's too close to my brain. <laughs> she said, too close to my brain. She was like, like that is right. Right, it's too close to my brain. And if you deposit that type of life source to my brain, it goes straight to my head, which changes the whole direction of where my body will flow. And I was like, you know, I kind of well, thought. Well, I to call it head. I, I right, mean, so, right, so you're right. You don't, don't want you to brain me, baby. Right, right. That's Bernie right. Mac, your and late great Bernie know, Mac. Give me some special attention. I, <laughs> listen, and see, I'm one of those sisters who have, happens to believe that that's just like preliminary types of things. So I never thought of it in that way, but I totally do uh, uh, agree that everybody can't have that. Like you, if if you get that, then you're pretty special in this camp. But for some woman that's just like changing their you know shirt. exactly you know it's just what they exactly. do you know it's not a big thing a of, but it just mm-hmm. and for a lot of men you know and and I, I hate to give the game away on your empress but a lot of men if mm-hmm. you want to know if your woman is cheating on you if she mm-hmm. would give you brain back in the day and now she don't want to do it anymore you can almost guarantee mm-hmm. she's cheating because that's an intimate thing that women do that when they do it for somebody, what? most women think that's special. And if she's doing it for you and she stops, that means you don't have that specialness in you anymore, which means she found somebody else to do that for. Because if a woman ever gave good brain, good head, and, and the reaction she gets from her man makes her appreciate what she can do. And for her to just stop doing it, she didn't stop. She's doing it somewhere else. And... um. That well, that is very funny that you would say that because we have that same rule that if he stops doing that, mm. something is absolutely wrong. Something is wrong. Like you got, it's almost like you got to get him to do it real early. <laughs> you <gotta make> him <laughs> do it. Like, like you got to make him want to drink from the cup because if he doesn't drink from the cup early, then you're not going to get yourself into his system. Um, he wow. can be. 
turned turn by another, you know, by somebody else. And there may be some things that you, you know, there may be some things that you're not going to get back if you don't get him to drink early. It's almost like a poison. <laughs> and that's not that we don't have we don't have women rules, but men want to swear that they just don't. I just don't do that. I just don't do that. And and this still is on topic because it it and some some women actually think if he does not do that, there's no way that he can love you. Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta ask yourself. I mean, if he never done it, it might be something totally different from love. He might want you to shave first or bathe first. I mean, exactly. No, well, all of that, all of that, well, all of that is the understanding. You know, you to, to clean up that. <laughs> he don't want to insult you, but you don't want to go down well, and have a just... hairball come back up like. You're like coughing so and choking, right? Just... So listen, <laughs> let me tell you. The same thing is true, though. I've had, and I'm just. Keeping it 100 on the empire, there are guys who swear, oh, I'm, you got to do this and you got to do that. And, and once you are in the empire, there's just certain things you're going to do that you probably wouldn't because that's just how it goes down. That's just how it's just set up to do that. Everybody can't come, but when you get past, you know, the doors, yeah, you you doing this, this right here. Yes, you're going to do it, and it's not, I'm not going to force you. It's just going to be the atmosphere, and who cares? And that's when it's different from just a smash and when you're entering into this realm of passion and and, 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 and arrows and love and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's an emotional happening. That's where the you know exchange of soul ties can happen. That's not that's, the same that's as I'm going to smash. Winning. You know what? That, that's how you know you're mm-hmm. winning. When you can get past the inhibition and you can get past the what I am and I ain't going to do, and you two can get uh-huh. there and just explore and do what you do uh-huh. and make it uh-huh. happy, and you can get past all the inhibitions, that's how you know you win uh-huh. in that war. That's that's the role of Cupid. That's the role of um, of what's the name, of, of arrows. That's their role is to get you to win that war. Until you can do that, until you can express yourself, you you're not winning yet. And and it's his job. That's why he's got a bow and an arrow. He's got a golden bow and a silver arrow, because it's it's your job to win that war. When I can get you so, so wrapped up in the moment and what we're doing, and you've never heard me talk like this. When I get you so wrapped up in what we're doing, and I can get you in that moment, and you're you're ecstatic, ecstatic, and you're Look, mm-hmm. I, I hate using these kind of words, but when you coming, and I can tell you to keep coming and come harder and come harder and keep mm-hmm. going, and you're doing it, and you're just freaking losing your mind. That's how you know you won that war. That's when you are experiencing arrows the way God put it on this earth for us too. Go ahead, go ahead, summon then. Are you saying it can be summoned then? It, it can yeah. be summoned. You yeah. can come, and I can tell you to keep coming, and if we in the right kind of mode, you will. And if I say come harder, you will. I can make you come for an hour if I'm talking to you the right way while you're doing it. And, and I think, and I agree, and I think that's the function of of comfort and trust. And and I think, hmm. again, as, as women 
take full possession of their sexuality with their partner, that it's okay for a woman to enjoy sex, that she's not just uh-huh. a sperm, the sperm receptacle of a man. She's not just existing uh-huh. for the man's pleasure, yet also existing uh-huh. for her own, then those moments uh-huh. will actually increase in intensity. Because when it's, when it's, there are women who don't have orgasms. And I, I just, I mean, I understand exactly. that intellectually. I understand that intellectually. Uh-huh. Experientially, uh-huh. I don't. You know what I'm trying to say? Because uh-huh. women that I've been with have had well, orgasms. And I'm, I'm just saying that uh-huh. as, just as a statement of fact, not trying to pump myself up. Uh-huh. But I think, I think uh-huh. when a woman trusts a man, when, when, the, when uh-huh. she's comfortable and, and when she uh-huh. gives herself permission to have an orgasm and communicates to that man exactly what it takes for her to have an orgasm, you know what I mean? Because Absolutely. some of us as men, uh-huh. we're arrogant. We think that what, what works for one works for all. Mm. I eat this one out, but uh-huh. it should, this, you know, this this one should should like the same thing. Well, maybe not. See, so so part of this uh-huh. is communication. You said yeah. communication. The worst thing in the world for a man is for you to have an orgasm and not even let us know. That just exactly. that pisses me yeah. off. Tell I, me, I tell me when you're coming. Tell, tell me when you're coming. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to quit until I know you came at least two or three times. Uh, if you don't want to be fucking for three or four hours, you need to let me know. Let me know. <laughs> exactly. Listen, oh, ladies, listen. all y'all listening, that's what I, do. I agree with you, brother. All the ladies listening, if you want to really excite your man, tell him in his ear, tell, yell it out, let him know when you are at that moment. I'm telling you, ladies. Let don't hold back. But if let it's, him know. But if it's the hey. right one, you can't hardly put to words your tongue Wait a minute don't now. work I, with your brain. Put Empress listen. Not what I'm going I, straight to a stroke. I'm tell, stroking no, out. Tell that, tell that man what he's doing though. That I mean, might be, yes. You want to really right. get him into it? Lie to him. Tell him it's a little bit better than it really is. Don't don't lie to him and tell him he he in your spot and he ain't there, but. <laughs> Make him feel like just a little bit more than it. Let, make that man feel like he's doing the damn thing. You gonna see that man exactly. perform because men have I, egos. Uh, I, you, you're right, uh-huh. brother. You're uh-huh. right. And 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 Empress, uh-huh. listen. Obviously, I'm not a woman. I've been with women, uh-huh. and and before uh-huh. you, before the mouth dis- disconnects from the brain and the heart, tell that man uh-huh. when you're about to come. I'm telling you. I'm uh-huh. telling you. Uh-huh. It 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 uh-huh. it excites okay. him. It pleases him, and it will then encourage him to keep pleasing you. I'm telling you. Wow. And, and I hope the other men on the call will agree with me, and if any ladies who, who maybe listen, call in and, and, and verify what I'm saying if I'm telling the truth. And if I'm telling talk, you what I know from experience. If you do doing your man like that, you're talking like that, I dare that man to go out and try to cheat. He's going to come back to you and, and, and apologize. And apologize. If you're making that man feel like that, like he's doing the damn thing, and then you, he get with some other brother that's just laying there like a, like a, like a corpse, unless that's what he's into. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that man going to be, he'll be back that night. He'll get up and put his clothes on and come home and, and, and confess to you and tell you it'll never happen again. You just, just you got to be... Tolerant if you do that though. Wow, I'm telling you, we going we are going to have to give classes on this because I don't think that first of all I don't think that most women know whether or not they are there. I really don't. I know that's sad, 
because our bodies work a lot. Our bodies work a lot differently than yours do, and there is there are multiple points of 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 climax. It just is, and I'm not even ashamed to say it. I was one of those. It was not until I got that fire. I was like, oh my god. Like this is, this is, is this what it is? is? Oh, right. like, oh you have God. to learn about your sexuality. You have to learn about your sexuality. Once you learn and what it, sex means, yes. once you learn yes. the importance of it, it stops being dirty. That's why you can mm-hmm. masturbate and not feel like you're going to hell exactly. because you, mm-hmm. you learn to understand it. And then you can be right. liberated and free. And, and right. that's how you know you you've apexed. I agree. And, and, and for somebody, I'm going to jump in real fast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to jump yeah, in real yeah, fast. Yeah. Listen, I need to I need to disconnect the call because I I got to be daddy tonight. I got to put my son to bed. But let me just say, I appreciate yes. all the callers, all the guests. Much respect to all of you. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I I look forward to hearing more. Calling in next week. And Empress, listen, you know that I have the utmost respect for you. I love I love being on your show and I love hearing what you have to say. So everybody, listen, y'all have a blessed night. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's Michael T. and his shows on Mondays uh, at 9 Eastern um, on Blog Talk Radio. And you can check him out. Real Relevant and Raw is his show. He's connected to me on Facebook. So we can look at him on there as well. And, David, is there anything else you want to say? Because let me tell you, I've been writing down these little notes. I've been writing down these You got me all excited. Like, my knee is jumping. My knee jumping. And I'm just going to get in this bed. <laughs> yeah, Michael, Michael took his bed. And I, I didn't know he was going to be so he got it going. But, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's knowing yourself, knowing your partner, knowing the role that sex plays in it. And we're talking about eroticism and eros. Uh-huh. Eros uh-huh. is what had um, Mark Antony in the middle of a war with um, between Greece and 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 um, an African country, what Egypt is, Pharaoh, Egypt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mark Antony was on the Egyptian ships fighting against the... Roman um, armies and Cleopatra turned around and started leaving. Mark Antony was so into Cleopatra, he jumped off the doggone ship and tried to swim and catch up with her. That's what arrows do to you. And that's <laughs> he what it brought He made you jump yeah. ship. And, and that's heroes. That's That's what it can be. And and uh-huh. you know, you're, you're saying Mark Anthony. He he was a fool. I ain't jumping off a boat. But still, <laughs> it, 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 Cleopatra used the fact that she understood um, eros. She understood eroticism. She knew how to use it because before Mark Anthony, Cleopatra was dating the Pharaoh, and oh. and Cleopatra stayed in power. And the way she stayed in power was she understood eros. She understood eroticism. And and when um, when Julius Caesar took over Egypt and and, be, and became and he killed Mark Antony. Well, I think Antony killed himself over Cleopatra actually. But Julius Caesar became the ruler of, of Rome. 
when he became the ruler of Rome, uh, Cleopatra came and mm-hmm. tried to seduce Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar wasn't feeling it. He just went on about his way and because he had a wife at home that was telling him how good of a man he was. He had a wife at home that made him feel good about himself, so he didn't need Cleopatra to do that for him. So when this woman that was seducing rulers around the world right. met up with um, right. uh, Julius Caesar, she had no effect on him. So she ended up uh, killing herself. She ended up landing on a sword. She killed herself when she realized she wasn't going to be Queen B no more when she ran into Julius Caesar because Julius Caesar had a Cleopatra at home raising the kids. So that's what Eros is. That's what eroticism is. We 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 it's a battle, it's a war. And when you understand it, you're you're winning the war. And it's not about the reciprocation that that person is giving you as much as it is mm-hmm. what are you getting out of it? If you get to experience mm-hmm. love, if you get to experience the the kind of love that you know makes you feel that way, if you get to experience that uh, eroticism, if you get to feel like your heart belongs to that person, enjoy that. Don't don't mm-hmm. fall. Don't do it for the reciprocation. Don't do it because mm-hmm. you want this man to come to you as much as you go to the man. Or don't do it because the woman you want the woman to come to you as much as you go to her. Do it because that's what makes you happy. That person will respect you more, and they'll be more prone to fall in love with you. You do it because that's because you're getting eroticism out of it. I've never seen, like I said, it's the same chemical as heroin in the brain, and I've never seen a heroin addict that gets high because they want their boyfriend to see them high. Wow. Uh, uh, uh. Well, I ooh, <laughs> I just don't even know what to say. I want to be her. I surely thank you so much for your expertise. And yeah, you know a lot about the dog on arrows. We gonna have to get us our own love tour, and we gonna just make people fall in love all over Birmingham and Anna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. We can show well, one up. Yes, so I thank you so much. We're going to end the show in just a little bit. I had asked you if you had any uh, projects or anything that you want to advertise on the show tonight. Um, Well, all I'm doing around Anniston right now is I've got a community garden in the making. i got a a dog park in the making. Uh, We brought a lot of businesses and things like that, so... A lot of what I'm doing is in the process. So when we start having our ceremonies and stuff like that for these, then I'll then I'll be able to invite people out to it. But right now, it's everything's in the it's it's in the action process. It's past the planning process. When you when you're a, I'm a politician, so when you're in a position where I am, you're either one of those uh-huh. uh, people who don't care about the people. You make any deal that uh-huh. it takes. And you get uh-huh. things done throughout the time, but none none of it really helps the people. Or you want to meet uh-huh. who people really know that you care about them, that you're doing it because this is what you believe in. If you're in a situation like that, you got to wait till almost re-election time because the rest of the council gonna get on board with you because they know that if you start going at them, they ain't gonna get re-elected. So to the point where all these projects that I had been working on, they're all in the planning process now. So look. Uh-huh. In the future, look forward to it. It's going to be a lot going on in this city, and I'm and I'm loving that idea of that love tour. We probably need to set some of those up out here. 
Yeah, we can do that. We can absolutely do that. Michael T is in New Jersey. He's already gotten a few uh, in his area. I'm not. I'm sure that it's not anything set up in Birmingham, but he wants to do something definitely here. Um, it is very important for me, I think, not just love, but for be, uh, black people in particular to be able to sit down and talk about issues that actually affect them, whether it's love, whether it's the road, whether it's violence, whatever, because everything gets started by conversation. I don't care. You know, some people say that, you know, what I'm doing is not big enough and it's not uh, formal enough, but I've been asked to do things here in Birmingham, Alabama, at home where I live in Mississippi. I've done things in Georgia. And the conversation is the start of everything. I mean, you can't just start working on something and not having had uh, an adult uh, in-depth conversation that uh, ends with an actual plan. So even if it's just a networking to get together so that people can rub shoulders with other people who actually feel like some change needs to happen in whatever, you know, arena, I'm all for it. So you got my number and I got yours, and we're going to try to get on this hedonism trip. (laughs) 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 Thank you so much for calling in. And before the end of the show, we're going to um, play one more commercial, and then I'll just end the show with a little bit because I think I The Atlanta Mardi Gras Ball is returning once again Saturday, February the 7th, 2015, to celebrate and pay homage to the Carnival's most popular tradition. From Mobile, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia, let the good times roll. Text. ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. Again, that's just text ATL Mardi Gras to 545454. It's a BYOB affair. Tell them the Empress sent you. I'm going to say this one more time that I have enjoyed this show tonight. David Reddy has been there open, transparent with us, opened his uh, brain up to us and let us know what it means. So we have no excuse not to understand the first part of love. Next Wednesday, we're going to talk with Walter Scott, who's going to talk to us about agape love. And I think most people think that they know what that is, too. Just like I thought I knew what Eros is, it's not just about sex. It's about actually an experience of fulfillment and passion. So maybe I'm going to learn something new about agape love. But on Sunday, we're going to talk with my new friend, Melanin Tuck. She is out of New York New York, and um, she just has a lot to say about things that are just in passion for the African-American community. She has a heart for the future. She's a mother just like myself. She's also a wife, but she says some things just so plainly that I just wish I had a thought of it first. So I said, I want to have her on my show. I reached out to her, and she said, yes. So we're going to talk about white privilege on Sunday, not in an effort to turn anybody against white people, but to understand the difference between um, what black pride is in regards to the existence of white privilege. They actually walk hand in hand with the disparagement of everything that's happening in our community, but you can have uh, the both. You can actually have the both, but you can't embrace the both at the same time. So, until next time, see y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Everything begins with an honest, open conversation. The Empire is exactly that place, and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 Central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. 